Now, here's your host of Sound Off, Brad Bennett. Well, uh, Northlanders, I think it's that time we have to let you know about a change uh, for our show tomorrow again here on the Northland. Uh, because of the um, Minnesota Twins pregame, uh, I believe, Kenny, am I right? Tomorrow is another day that we'll start off at 10 instead yes, of at Wednesday, a normal time? Yes, 10 to yeah. noon tomorrow. Okay. Did you uh, Did you get a chance to watch or listen to any of that game yesterday? No. Oh, Actually, you know what? I did get a chance to listen to it, but, well, technically I did, no. but I, I I just don't pay attention to it, Brad. <laughs> I re- I just doesn't do nothing for me. Well, I'll tell you, I found it interesting because we, last year, what was our problem? We didn't have any pitching. We we had yeah. some hitting, but, but we didn't have any pitching. Now, yesterday, we had good pitching. In fact, we yeah. pitched pretty well the whole game, starters and relievers, but we couldn't get a hit to save our soul. Yeah, I, I so mean, I don't, it doesn't you know, matter. I, I know it's early; and you no, can't start getting panicky. Yeah, yeah. It, it just—I uh, don't even like talking about yeah. it. it. I'm not a fan of preseason early, baseball. But, there, I yeah, said. Well, it. down here, down here, it's a big deal, man. I didn't realize well, how yeah. big a deal it is down here uh, until I've been down here a couple of years. Spring ball down here is like the season. You know, it's like the whole season. It's uh, It does more. Th- these little towns like Dunedin and places like that that are home to the uh, uh, to the um, uh, Toronto uh, Toronto baseball team, holy cow, do they, they pack them in for meals and uh, souvenir stands and people selling stuff in the, in the bleachers and it, it's it's a lot of fun. It's it's like going to big league, major league stuff. Well, it is major league, but let's not let's not get too far astray here. Let me read you one paragraph that frightened me in Walls's proposal yesterday. Well, yesterday he was standing around listening. Uh, him and his his horde, his uh, his his uh, well, what is she called? I guess. Uh, pe- uh, Peggy Flanagan, she's the uh, what uh, lieutenant governor? Does she have any uh, responsibilities? Does she have to do anything, or does she just stand around with walls and look like well, she she's smiles doing... a she lot? She carries a note pack. Yeah, huh? she smiles a lot. She does smile yeah. a lot, yeah. and she carries a note pack. I don't know if she Ooh. writes things down on the notepad or what it is, oh, but good. but anyway, they they stood there listening to the. Uh, uh, to the guy talking about the, the the guy from the management and budget commissioner Jim Showalter uh, speak about Minnesota's budget. But here's what bothered me: Minnesota, and I'll just read you this one little paragraph quote: Minnesota's staggering estimated budget surplus remained largely unchanged, unchanged at seventeen point five billion, with Monday's financial forecast. Setting up DFL, Democratic Farmer Labor State Leaders, to continue their push for significant new spending in the next budget. Democrats never have enough. They never, even if even if your budget is balanced, like theirs has to be every two years, uh, that's never enough. If they got an extra dime, they want to spend an extra dime. If you got an extra two billion, they want to spend an extra two billion. 
higher than anticipated tax dollars, meaning they they took more out of your wallet than they thought they were going to, and unspent cash from years past boosted revenue projections. So now they're saying, we got to spend it. But for the first time in two decades, the forecast factored in inflation in spending, eating up some of the revenue growth. And again, remember, of this 17.5, 12.5 billion of the 17.5 billion is one-time cash. It can only be spent once. It does not rejuvenate. It does. It's not like you chop down the branch off the cherry tree and it grows back. No, it's gone. So the only way they're going to get it back, wouldn't it be something if here we are, one of the highest tax states in the union, and if they spend every dime of this estimated $17.5 billion surplus that they have, and then they they come back and say, Oh, my God, we we put new programs in. We put education. We put this. We put that. We put all these new programs in, and and we don't have any money. So we're going to have to tax you more. Our budget outlook is strong and very stable. Uh, This is uh, according to the commissioner, Jim Jim, uh, Showalter. He said a forecast recession will still in our is still in our anticipated forecast, but it's mild. We don't we don't see it as being a big deal. Of course not. Now when you're raking the Minnesota taxpayers to the tune of five hundred ninety nine million every year more than you anticipated you were going to be able to collect from them. It's a great portion. It's a great position for our state to be in. No, it's a great position for you Democrats to be in. If it was a good position for our state to be in, you would be trying to figure out how to give some of that money back to the people of Minnesota. But you're not doing that. Inflation in the cost of government services is projected to amount to more than $1.4 billion in the next two-year budget and nearly $3.1 billion in the following two years. So you can't really look at spending all that money, because if you do, you're going to be running into that inflation budget train very, very fast. I want to thank the legislature for moving what I think is a more accurate budgeting picture, said DFL Governor Tim Walls. Well, of course. Walls did say... He plans to propose spending more on public safety in response. Here it comes, uh, gun owners. Walls did say he plans to propose spending more on public safety in response to gun violence, whether that's on gun control measures or for communities to devote to police or violence interventions. Well, I, I guess the way you'd have to look at this, Northlanders, is you'd have to say, who's committing the gun violence? Is it the normal, uh, all-American individual, non-crime-committing person that uh, just wants to have a, 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 a handgun for their family's protection? Or are these the gangbanger criminal element that are out there shooting each other? For example, the people that showed up at a funeral in St. Paul last week and uh, you know, it was a, uh, a a funeral for somebody that was related to one of these gang groups, and then they just uh, 
at one point got heated with each other and decided to jump in their cars and start driving by shooting each other. I mean, this this stuff is getting crazy, and yet all we can think about doing is unarming the law-abiding citizens of the state of Minnesota. Anyway, we're, 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 we're going to have to really keep an eye on this and just see where it goes from here. But the uh, laws already enacted during this year's fast-moving legislative session has has notably uh, aligned some state and federal tax laws that is expected to cost the state about $104 million in the next budget. But they haven't aligned uh, Social Security taxes with most other states. They still want Minnesota to be one of those few, few states, one of the highest tax states in the country, and they want to continue to tax people twice for their Social Security. Remember, you pay that as a tax. Social Security is nothing more than a tax taken out of your paycheck. You pay it all during your life when you're paying into the fund. Now the state of Minnesota and Governor Walls wants you to pay it when you take money out. But only for the rich, because they didn't do anything to get their money. I mean, they're just rich. They were born with a spoon in their mouth. You know, people like people have built businesses and developed uh, concepts and ideas and, and you know, helped grow the economy. Uh, anyway, we got to go to our first break here, uh, hour number two. If you have any comments about uh, the state of Minnesota, where our taxes are right now, or what you think is going to happen in the state, uh, please give us a call. It's uh, area code 218-722-0839, 722-0839, and we'll be back after this first break. KDAL time is 12.22. There it is, 12.22. I've got 30 degrees at Sky Harbor Airport, southwest wind at 12. Little bite in the air, 20 on the wind chill. 31 at the National Weather Service, 34 at the Army Corps of Engineers. Let's go to the Iron Range. Uh, Hibbing checks in fair skies. 29. It's also fair in 29 in Hayward. Well, Northlanders, we uh, are just up about uh, to our our uh, CBS news break at the bottom of the hour. When we come back after that, I want to talk a little bit about what the Republicans are trying to do. You know, we're in the middle of this budget fight. Uh, you know, we uh, the Democrats are saying uh, you got to raise the debt ceiling. You got to give us authority to raise the debt ceiling, and the Republicans so far have been able to hold their own ground and say, okay, we can do that, but you're going to have to give us something in return. You're going to have to let us cut some of the their suggestion at this point, we'll talk about it when we come back, is to cut about $150 billion in in what we would refer to as wonk spending. Things that they don't that they think we can live without. For example, we never had an edu- a, a federal education department prior to the Johnson administration. There's things we could cut out of there and never miss a beat because you know what? They take care of it on a state and local basis anyway. And there are things in the healthcare area uh, plans that uh, were engineered by the pri- by the previous administration as cuts that could be made to the federal budget, and we need to look at some of those, some of them in housing. And we'll talk about a little of that when we come back uh, right after our CBS News. 
KDAL time is 12.37. We're freezing in Duluth, Brad. 32 degrees at the National Weather Service, but we have lots of sunshine. And real quickly, if I could, this Rock Ridge Public School, this is a new school based in Virginia, Minnesota, and Eveleth. It is assigned the designation of Independent School District uh, 2909. A ground was broken for the new Rock Ridge High School in 2020. And again, they've combined Virginia and Eveleth Gilbert High Schools into this new school, Rock Ridge, the Wolverines, Bradley. And uh, well, no wonder they have a good hockey program. (laughs) I know. You put the Virginia boys and the Eveleth Gilbert boys together, and boom, you're going to have a powerhouse. Now, I was wondering why I was confused with the rock. Isn't there another rock ridge that's located in St. Louis County or something? Is that an elementary school or what is that? You know, that's a good question because I was thinking of that. There's one up uh, Alborn. Um, I, I don't know yeah. uh, what that school yeah. is there. Um that's Southridge. Okay, that's Southridge School. Southridge, not Rockridge. And that's okay. K. Uh, is that K to twelve? Uh, boy, I'll tell you. I don't know, but that is, that did confuse me too. And as a matter yeah. of fact, I'm still confused, and I'm looking at it. <laughs> uh, Southridge School is uh, located. Uh, boy, I remember when they were clearing the land there to build this thing. I thought, what in the world? Because they cleared a lot of land. Uh, Southridge School. Um, Boy, I'll tell you, I I don't know. It doesn't say here on their website. It's a pretty nice school. And uh, actually, I've I've been to the school a couple times uh, because I was at a basketball game there, and it's a very nice facility. Uh, Looks like uh, they're, uh, boy, I'll tell you, you go to their, uh, it doesn't say here what they are. Um, Boy, I'll tell you. I'm pretty sure they're K-12. Okay. So... So this new, uh, the new Rockridge is a merge school between Virginia, Virginia and Gilbert Gil- and Eveleth. And Eveleth? Yes. Or not Eveleth? Yeah. Yep, yep. Eveleth Gilbert. So you've got three yes. schools in there. Okay. Well, you've got Eveleth Gilbert combined with Virginia, yeah. And, of course, Eveleth is the home of the Hippodrome, one of the, uh, one of the earliest and finest hockey facilities in the state of Minnesota. Yes. Hardest ice I've ever seen. You know, I've never been in that building. I know. Haven't you? I know. I, I've never been in that building. I'm ashamed to okay. say that. They're just down the hill from the big hockey stick. I'm sorry. <laughs> say, what was the... As you, you know a lot about older buildings and what used to be... What was the name of the library that we had in the West End that was just down the the hill from uh, Johnson's Bakery? Do you know where I'm talking? The library? Yeah, there was a library just down yes. the hill from yes. that. What, what about Do you it? Remember what the name? The name because I think I think it I I think if I remember right, they still run a boys and girls club program out of that building. I'm not sure. I know that that was something that was going on there. I thought that that building was sold by the uh, owner that had it. But honestly, Brad, I don't know what's going on there. But I remember the Boys and Girls Club. I remember the library. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, it's only a block and a half. I mean, it's just down beyond the alley, I think, behind Johnson's Bakery. Speaking of Johnson's Bakery, ooh, I could go for some Johnson Bakery goods. <laughs> I was there this past weekend. Yeah. yeah. Say, uh, sad uh, news in the Duluth paper today. They, uh, You know, we'd heard over the weekend about the plane crash out in the uh, grassy point in West Duluth. Uh, kind of out in Spirit Valley in that area, just beyond the uh, Bong Bridge. Um, and now it turns out that uh, that was uh, also, yes, it was a Cirrus plane, but not only was it a Cirrus plane, it was flown by a longtime Cirrus employee, uh, their chief uh, jet chief engineer, the Vision Jet chief engineer at Cirrus, um, he, uh, a guy by the name of Dave Rathbun. Uh, Rathbun, he was from Hermantown. He had worked for Cirrus for 26 years. He was flying solo in a privately owned uh, 2016 Cirrus SR-22 and was the only person involved in the crash. I'm wondering, did this Cirrus SR-22 not have the, the patented uh, parachute? Well, I don't know. Or, I mean, they all do. I mean, they're equipped with that. And the SR-22 yeah. is a step up from the base model of the SRs. Right. You know, Brad, we can only speculate. And, and there could be a variety of things. When you see the photographs of the crash site, it looks like the plane might have skidded along, maybe tumbled along. I'm thinking of a couple of scenarios. A, he simply had a heart attack and crashed his plane. B... Oh. He tried to land his plane. He had a malfunction of some sort and tried to land the plane. It looks like, I mean, why would he crash there and not in the, you know, the urban area or onto the Bond Bridge or even the Grassy Point Railroad Bridge? So it happened on the ice. Was that just a coincidence? A lot of people are saying, well, maybe he didn't have the proper elevation to deploy that parachute. Come on. He was at over 2,200 feet and then started to lose altitude. I don't think that parachute was deployed. I think he tried to land safely and for whatever reason wasn't able Without to. Without using it, yeah. Yeah. I, I well, yeah, know. because That's just a you'd guess. certainly think he would know what the capabilities exactly. were being the chief yeah. engineer. Yeah, from yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards uh, he had a health issue that incapacitated him. Yeah. Could could be. Cirrus also said that they are personally are fully engaged in supporting all of the appropriate authorities in the investigation. They'd like to find out what what the cause of it was as well. So I'm sure well, that you're going to see. And he was very instrumental, by the way, in the huge. early design and certification of yeah. the SR20. Chief engineer. So, yeah. Yeah, it's sad. And I was on the high bridge. I was going to Superior. This occurred just after 4 p.m., this crash, like 4.06, wow. 4.07, I don't remember. I was on the high bridge just around 5 o'clock, and I was looking out towards the Bong Bridge, and I saw these bright lights on the ice underneath the Bong Bridge, and I thought, yeah. what the heck's that? Are there pickup trucks out there? Because they were real bright lights. Well, I didn't know at the time. That was, I'm sure, uh, some of the uh, first responders that were out there. Sheriff and rescue. Yeah. And, uh that was sad. That was Friday uh, Friday evening. 
Well, he will be uh, dearly missed by the whole community and, you, and his family especially. So You know, Brad, this is a, another tragic plane crash because last October we had that incident where a plane left the Duluth International Airport. I believe, it, was it around the time of the uh, the air show? I think it was uh, October 1st. I don't remember. And a plane I, crashed into a home. Remember a plane crashed into a house? And weren't there three people killed in that Three on the airplane perished. The occupants of the home were were not injured, or at least not That's severely right. injured. Yeah. So this is the That's second. Right. It was up in Hermantown. Yes. Yeah. The, this is the second tragic plane crash here in the Twin Ports, uh, going back to that first one in October. Why? Sad. Well, listen, uh, to go back just uh, just for a moment or two before our Minnesota news break, uh, to go back to the federal debt thing, currently the federal government is facing yet another looming debt cri- ceiling crisis as the country could default on its debts as soon as July. Republicans, with their control of the House, are trying to wield their newfound power to potentially push through cuts to federal spending as a trade-off for a debt limit uh, deal. You know, the Democrats are saying, uh, oh, you got to raise the debt limit. And Republicans are saying, you got enough money to spend. You could cut some of these programs and uh, cut some of the funding for some of the programs and you could, uh, you wouldn't have to raise the debt ceiling. The Washington Post reported last week that uh, Vaunt, uh, this is evidently one of the uh, uh, chief finance officers there, said uh, he's been pitching this 104-page budget plan called a commitment to end walk and po- and weaponized uh, government. So in other words, he's thinking there's pro- programs and projects in the federal spending <clears throat> that really don't need to be in there. His proposal addresses areas to cut spending in every federal agency. Vaught wrote in the report introduced that Americans cannot be saved unless the current grip of woke and weaponized government is broken. That is the central and uh, immediate threat facing the country. In other words, they're saying like in education, for example, critical race theory has got to be gone. That there's a lot of money that is put into that program on a federal basis, and most uh, school districts and most school boards don't want that program in there. It it uh, it educates everybody that everything to do with with uh, problems in our culture, problems in our uh, in races getting along is caused by white men, and uh, it's just not that simple. However, this woke and weaponized regime requires the resources of taxpayers to flourish and can be starved in order to dismantle it. He continues, of course, these spending cuts will result in significant savings for the taxpayers if they got rid of them. His proposal includes, uh, and some people are not going to like some of these, spending cuts of food stamps, health care, housing, he also pitched complete eliminating the federal student loan program in a 10-year phase-out period during which he would get rid of the public service loan forgiveness program, which forgives student debt for government and nonprofit workers after 10 years of qualifying payments. So there's a lot of things they would like to 
you know, ease back on, get rid of, and they think some of those would help balance the budget so they would not have to raise the debt ceiling. Anyway, we'll talk about more of that when we come back after our Minnesota news break here on 610 KDAL on the Tuesday edition. KDAL time is 1254. We got sunshine. We've got 35 degrees at the Army Corps of Engineers. My goodness, uh, pretty nice down on uh, Canal Park right now, Park Point. Lots of sunshine. And uh, last day of winter, Brad, tomorrow, March 1st, uh, March 1st, ushers in the start of the spring season. March. We're going to march Can't right into it. spring. You're going to want to get your you're, you're going to want to get your lawnmower out tomorrow. <laughs> no. Start uh, cleaning the. No, sh- cleaning we're not going to do that. Mm. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. Never mind. Say the latest on uh, the war in Ukraine. Uh, this morning, the Ukrainians uh, say that they shot down a Russian Su-25 jet in Advika, which is in the Donetsk region. Uh, I apologize if I'm missing you know I'm not real good with names. Uh, on Sunday, the frontline town is home to a strategic coke plant. And a coke plant, of course, is used to build uh, steel. And this uh, strategic coke plant has been heavily bombed, um, bombarded over the last weekend. Uh, President Vladimir Zelensky congratulated the troops on the strike. He said that the uh, these members of the, uh, I think it was the 11th uh, Bombardier Squadron, uh, had taken out this jet uh, along with these weapons. Are, uh, the weapons that the U.S. has been sending in droves are shoulder-launched anti-tank weapons, unmanned combat aerial vehicles, uh, mobile rocket launchers, game-changing systems that have helped Ukraine derail the Russian uh, president uh, Vladimir Putin's campaign. The U.S. is the largest provider of security assistance from the Ukraine, but many other countries have helped uh, add in as well. The Biden administration has committed over $19 billion in military aid since Moscow invited, uh, invaded on February 25th. Um, the next highest contributor, remember, this is $19 billion. The next highest contributor, $2.7 billion by the United Kingdom or Great Britain. So there's a huge discrepancy between what the United States has given and what other countries are given. Um, there have been several weapon systems that, weapon, that Western security partners of Ukraine have provided that have played a critical role. Uh, here are some of the game-changing weapons Uh, According to uh, reports out this morning, the 110th Mechanized Brigade uh, shot down the jet with a shoulder-mounted anti-defense system. Uh, The the brigade said that Russian forces were losing manpower and equipment in their attempt to advance nearer the site. Um, In addition to that, the frontline town of Avdika, which sits just north of the city of Donetsk, is home to one of Europe's largest coke plants, which is essentially uh, the country's main steel-producing industry. Uh, after heavy shelling the plant earlier this war, uh, Russian forces have to- continually attempted to advance in that direction and take this site, uh, but the plant has become a major focal point of resistance. The nearby town was bombarded, destroying a recently rebuilt school. 
Pavlo Krenlinda, the uh, regional's military chief, said on Saturday. Um, but they are continuing to bomb each other back and forth. Uh, also known as the Krogfoot, the Su-25 originated uh, as a heavy Soviet-era jet designed to provide close air support to provide uh, ground cover for ground forces. It's used by both Ukrainian and Russian troops. At least 16 uh, Ukrainian Su-25s and 25 Russian ones have been destroyed or damaged since the start of the war. So these uh, planes are getting a a lot of uh, work. And uh, this morning, the Ukrainians are saying that they destroyed one Russian plane with a shoulder-mounted weapon. So the... uh, the Ukrainians are still hanging in there, and but this is not going to be a short, quick fight by any means. And, uh, you know, when we come back with hour number three, I want to talk a little bit about some of the things that we left in Afghanistan, because there's a great report out this morning that a watchdog report now faults the Pentagon for problems that led to the collapse of the Afghan security forces. So when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about that. And we'll also talk about mining aluminum for the new Ford F-150 Lightning. It's uh, starting to uh, cause a lot of damage in Brazil. We'll be back. We'll be back. 